0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of ProTri News. We are not your typical podcast. We have a wide range of hosts um, with different opinions, connections and knowledge about professional triathlon racing. Um, We're gonna unpack the racing as they unfold throughout the season. Uh, This weekend was no shortage of enjoyment um, as we had Clash Miami. Uh, So with no further ado, I'll introduce myself, Kyle Glass. I'm the host of the show. I've been following triathlon for many, many years. Um, and joined today by some close friends, uh, everyone's favourite age grouper, Mark Matthews, celebrating his wife's birthday with us. So,
1: Yeah, well, she left me for Sonia Fields. She's gone to Lanzarote. I don't blame her. Um, it meant I didn't have to get her a present, which is obviously a huge bonus, but it also means I'm on day four or five of takeaways. So I've got some chicken keeves tonight, as we're now calling them, no longer apparently that's the Russian pronunciation, so a couple of chicken keeves at home on my own, twice birthday, yeah. Nice. Happy birthday,
0: Kat. And then we also have uh, the man of the hour, Mr. Pat Lemieux, already doing some renos to the house.
2: You know, look, we got this house, um, and, and all that we had to do to it, right, was we just had to make a full-blown uh, Zwift slash bike shop in the garage, that's it, so... That's well underway. The uh, hard work's been done for that, um, and you know I'm hoping that by the time this podcast goes up, we're we're, we're permanent residents uh, at our new house. So yeah, thanks for all the listeners that have been on that the uh, the journey of having to hear me complain.
0: Well, we're glad to getting a squared away. Uh, Chelsea Burns is also going to be joining us uh, soon. She's on vacation right now in uh, Canada visiting her BFF Joe Brown. So. She's going to join us a little later to dissect some short course racing that's happened over the last couple of weeks, and she's also gearing up for a ultra marathon next weekend. So,
2: yeah, great. She got a well, there lot is something
0: it. big to celebrate with this episode because this is officially our one year anniversary of the show. We started last year after Challenge Miami, um, and now we've kind of made it a whole year of uh of doing the pod and things like that so i just want to say thanks to our listeners and people that keep us going um because it, it definitely does anyone gets, still listen yeah i think uh, my, my mom's actually shared it now with more people so
2: yeah you know we're and and mark you know we're gonna get to this in a little bit but um the amount of dms i got yesterday uh or sorry on friday when the when, when, when the infamous crash happened in the cones um that's how I know we're we're getting worldwide. Honestly, Any when amount I saw of that people staring, oh, oh,
1: right. not cones. I don't want to. Oh, You're right, like don't. Just done it. Why, what, Sarah? Why did you have to validate
2: Pat with this oh, one? No.
0: Night? Oh, <laughs> like... So anyway. let's uh, let's let's dive right into Clash Miami. Um, I thought the stream was fantastic. Challenge is really um, with the help of NASCAR Productions, just really taking it to a whole new level as far as. Um, Not only the commentary, uh, but also with the way that they're able to display the splits and the different camera angles and then the backstories and all this stuff that they brought in. Um, Alicia Kay, Greg Bennett, um, they've just really kind of dove all the way in in making something look very professional and give triathlon a a good kind of optic. I think
1: the three that really carry that are those in the studios. So I thought Rick Allen, you know, he is obviously not a triathlon man. He he just, he asks questions that us three know the answers to, but it draws in a really good audience because it's like, it's drawing in a foundation audience. But to what's really important then is the people answering those questions are excellent. So Belinda's really good. And obviously Tim O'Donnell's really good. They know what they're talking about. So that dynamic I thought was excellent.
0: Having Tim in the booth was by far the best decision they'd made because obviously he wasn't racing. So him him kind of stepping into the commentary booth was.
1: Yeah, it gives a balance, doesn't it? Because it stops Belinda just being the one having to be the voice of experience and having yeah. to almost correct those deliberately basic questions. Like Rick does a good job of pitching those questions low and then Tim on her bounce off. I really enjoyed it.
0: And even seeing his knowledge, because he this is his what third or fourth year calling on and even his knowledge has grown like through the years on being oh. able to actually call out races and things like that. So really cool. Um, the race itself was actually extremely hot. It was 85 degrees, 90 ish with the heat index. And then the track temperatures, uh, they said was up over hundred during the women's race. So, uh, definitely a brutal day early on in the season. Uh, 25% of the total pro field dropped out. 40% of those were, um, the women, the men had it a little easier with a little bit more cloud cover um, and things like that. I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts on them either moving this race earlier in the morning or like later at night to avoid this heat? Or do you think it's just a part of racing?
1: Um, can, I,
2: can I just speak to it? Because I was in Florida last week and just how the, you know, coming from the, the climate where I'm at in Boulder and then going into uh, Florida, um, the heat was oppressive. And I think the other thing too to remember is is there's you're in now you're in a concrete stadium. So I think we can talk about, you know, we could look into some things like what kind of heat prep the athletes were doing. Um, I know that uh, somebody like Jason West, who came from Boulder, was really focused on doing uh, proper heat work before he went to Miami. So I know that he was he was prepped up for it, and I think that's kind of you know, when you look at the results, maybe that's what speaks to it. And then I don't, I don't know the other case, you know, if they were coming from a European climate or, or what that, you know, uh, what every athlete was doing, but Mark hit me.
1: Yeah. I'm a bit of a skeptic of the, the people that are crying for it to be a different time. So Emma Pallant Brown had a really bad time, but she's done this a lot before. She, she has trouble with the heat and when you have a heat injury, it's much easier to get it again and again and again. And sometimes yeah. you just have to accept that you, you want, you're putting yourself in too much danger racing in the heat if you're prone to that sort of thing. But the, the, the main driving factor behind generating internal body heat rise is workload. So it's, it's just the, the, the watch you're putting out on the bike with sheer power and force you're generating on the run. So you're the master of your own destiny there. And if you are just driving at full pace to hold the front until you break and you collapse, you're either not prepared to then be able to execute at the performance you want but you've also made bad decisions on the way to get to that point because this is 30 degrees celsius so it's cooler than Kona what the problem is it's an early season race and relatively short so I think you're right Pat I think a lot of people underestimated the prep and then they also underestimated the effects on the day so they just drilled themselves into a hole but because we have comrades marathons you have all these crazy events that are done in almost 40 degree heat and people finish those just fine because you manage your effort levels accordingly, and I think that's what what we saw fail a little bit amongst quite a lot of the athletes. That they just drawed themselves into a hole, driving up that internal body temperature with a workload that their body then couldn't compensate for, and they had to drop out. So I don't think race organizers should have to take that into account. I think that's a factor of racing. Otherwise, why do we really want the Ironman World Champs in Kona every year? So I think yeah, prep is probably you know fifty percent of it, and then then workload on the day is the other half I reckon. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and I think the important thing, you know, and the opportunities that when you do these East Coast races, right, and you have them at the time slots that they did, um, it's very easy for uh, the US audience and the European audience to watch both these races. So I think when you have a race in Florida and it's that close to Europe, uh, it's, I mean, these are kind of the times we got to make it happen at. We got to make
1: it work. Yeah, absolutely. And if, you know it's if you're gambling to win and you have to hold the pace, you're basically gambling am I going to drop out or am I going to win this? Whereas if you want to finish safely and that's the focus, then you just have to back the power off and hope that everyone else does it accordingly and your prep allows you to perform to as close to your maximum peak temperatures as possible. I don't, yeah I don't think you can, I don't think you can blame a race organizer for this at all. Before we go into the actual race
2: itself, can we talk about the Friday date that they've selected and and why I love
1: it so much? Go. I, I've not got an opinion on that, so I'm
2: um, You know, I just I don't know how weekend numbers are there, how they're viewed against weekday numbers. But I know that in my case, uh, I was in my office all day and I got to watch races starting at 7 a.m. Uh, till the men finished later in the day. And I just thought it was a fantastic way to view a race. So maybe not fantastic you know, for people, if they're trying to be super productive, but I think a Friday people are maybe half checked out anyway, and to have sports on with nothing else conflicting, um, you know, there's not some other event probably taking their attention. I, I, it basically where this came from is that there's so many bike races that happen during the weekday, whether it's from stage racing or it's Wednesday specific event. Um, I, I really liked a Friday specific event for triathlon and I'd love to see some more weekday races.
1: I agree I watched loads of cycling during the week I watch cricket during the week you know lots of other sports run during the weekdays, like baseball like all sorts of basketball events et cetera. I know they're in the evening but yeah midweek sport is there's no dramas with it and if it allows yeah. them to host consecutive weekend events then for age groupers to race where they then yep. generate the revenue which essentially yep. funds the pro sport when it comes to clash good for them
0: yeah, especially if they're in an the opportunity to be able to have the the pro race separate from the age group race. So I think that's really special, not only for the age groupers, but also for the pros, that they don't have to be in anyone's way. No one's in their way. And they can really just focus on their race. Um, I really enjoyed the Friday race, not because we had a snow day in Oklahoma, but I was able to put it on my TV and still do work and things like that. So it was really good.
1: And are we expecting a isn't one of the races at uh, the Ironman 2020 Kona champs? One of those is on a weekday as well, isn't it? They're split.
0: Yep. Right. Yep. Thursday, Thursday and Saturday, I do believe for mm. uh, Kona this year in October. So, uh, let's dive into the women's race. So, um, the race saw Sarah Perez Zola leading out of the swim and leading through the bike until, uh, a lapse in her attention. She went into the cones, hit the timing box, went over her, over the handlebars and, um, was essentially out of the race from there. Uh, luckily she made a, post that she's okay and she's recovering and things like that no no broken bones or anything so um thankful that she's all right uh next ashley general just kind of went from second place up to first place and then kind of didn't look back uh she opened up the lead over the chasers of chelsea sodaro emma ballant brown and uh pamela Oliveira. and then and she
1: dictated her own effort from that point didn't she so she was able to manage her effort manage her workload and seemed to cope quite well with the heat. I mean, she had points where her body language looked terrible, like she was really struggling on the run. But she just moderated what she was doing, and she was really good.
0: Not only that, but she was in a black tri kit. Like I know that's not important, but I mean, when it's that it hot, and you're still in the black. Uh, you're thoughts. still in a black kit.
1: Yeah, I mean, Emma Pallant Brown has a one of the specialised aero helmets, which has virtually no vents in it, in matte black. Now, if you're prone to suffering with heat issues yeah, they're the sort of things that you actually need to be, you know, yeah, I might lose 30 seconds on the bike if I ride a road, lid, an aero road, lid, but if it keeps my core cool body temperature down, then they're what you need to start to think about.
0: Um, so, yeah, Emma went down on the, on the run, and then Chelsea Sodaro kind of under her own will uh, pulled the plug, didn't pass out or anything like that. But um, yeah, those two being out of the race definitely changed our podium around. Um We also saw Samantha Kingsford, exterior athlete, do an extra loop on the bike. Um, And then Pamela Oliveira missing the finish shoot and had to kind of run back and then catch it up with the finish shoot. And then was almost in a sprint finish with Maya Stage Nielsen. So uh, your podium was Ashley General, Pamela Oliveira, and then Maya Stage Nielsen.
1: I didn't think it was the finest day for women's triathlon in terms of the not professionalism. That's the wrong word execution i didn't think that we had many women of such a strong field that actually executed races that they're capable of with lots of small mistakes
0: but you know what most of them it's the first race of the season and that's when
1: these mistakes tend to happen so probably just that
0: definitely a rust buster for a lot of the the pro females uh the best story of the day probably has to go to lisa besher who placed sixth place but took home the same amount of prize money as third place after she won two of the preems for the fastest bike loop and fastest t2 (laughs)
1: That was absolutely shameless. I love it. Her fastest T2 was amazing. She had half a shoe yeah. hanging on, sprinting out full yeah. tilt, and had to there and do it afterwards. Yeah, was I will easy. say,
0: I do enjoy those. The preems, I think that bringing I, those back would, was incredible. That's so smart yeah. for the sport.
1: Yeah. No, the, the
2: preems made for fantastic television. Uh, you know, I think hats off to Ashley Gentle. She's obviously had a rough couple of years, um, you know, but her and her new coach, uh, David Tilbury Davis, uh, you know, I thought they – they really, you know, hitting it out of the park, or they just did what they were supposed to do, but they fully executed uh, on the day for sure. So, I mean, what can you do? Uh, you can just say, "Great job!" and and that was an amazing way to start the year.
0: Yeah, she was really
2: very good, wasn't she? And yeah, she's
0: staying state- stateside and doing uh, seventy point three, Oceanside. Yeah, next and, month. And you so. know,
2: her, I mean, the the her, her fit on the new bike, I thought looked really good. I didn't see a ton of room for improvement there, and seems like they've been doing their homework. So, yeah, great. Great stuff.
0: Should we move into the men's race?
2: I would love yeah. to, and I'd love to open it up if that's okay. Go ahead, Mark. Imagine last Sunday, I tell you that the U.S. men are going to sweep Miami. What do you think we could have bet? What do you think you would have taken the odds on that? Would have? Been? You'd have had my house. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's just no way. <laughs> they were really I good mean, as well, you know. But that said, like I, I would have had. I'd have had Sam Long and I'd have probably, I, yeah, I and Ben Canute as well. But yeah, I didn't expect an all three. It was really, yeah, very solid.
2: No, and I think you know, you look. I I went and did a little bit of a deep dive. So maybe what we talk about the results were, you know, first place Sam Long, and we'll get to his performance in a minute. Second place Jason West, and third place Ben Canute. Uh, Kyle, am I missing anything there?
0: Not really. I mean
2: performance of the day, who would we give it to? Cause I think it's a, I think it, we could, we're going to sit here and argue between Sam and Jason.
0: Um, I would almost give it to, I would almost give it to Jason. Cause even though like I didn't pick Sam in my top three for various reasons, um, Sam did what we thought he would, he was capable of doing. We just didn't know if he was going to be overcooked from training so much early on in the season. Um, but I think, as far as yeah. expectations go, we didn't expect Jason West to be on the podium. So I, I would definitely give it to Jason.
1: And Sam's a big guy. And I I once saw a post from Sam that said, actually, you know, because I'm a big guy, I have more skin. So it's, it's actually better for me to lose heat. I mean, that's totally wrong um, because you it's your core volume versus your surface area. So the bigger you are your actual core volume is larger when compared to your surface area. So for a big guy who seems to handle the heat really well, which is promising for later in the year as well, he was good on the bike, wasn't he? I thought he was mighty strong. Yeah. Magnus did have had a, it seems he was ill. Um, It's what he said after the race. He seemed to have some gut issues. He didn't swim like we would expect him to. Rode close to it, but you you wouldn't expect him to get dropped by Sam Long on the bike. And so it was a shame that he didn't fire on all cylinders that we were hoping for, but I thought Sam's bike was really impressive. His run looks pretty faultless. Swim still, I don't think you'll get away with that if you've got some of the Norwegians, Jan, Ali. You might not get away with that again, and you won't get away with it if there are 10-metre drafting gaps because the, the group ahead can work together. That 20-metre drafting gap definitely helps Sam Long, definitely, which is good. Yeah. a doubt. Let's
0: roll through the race real quick. Um, As expected, Aaron Royal and Jonas Schoenberg out to an early lead uh, before surging Sam Long and Magnus Ditleff came through the field. Um, Ben Canute didn't let him go too far ahead into transition um, and took a good chunk of time out of him uh, in transition. Sam was able to hold on to the lead despite coming out of the water two minutes and 30 seconds down. Uh, Jason West with the fastest run of the day and then Ben Canute in third with a American sweep. The surprise of the day also though has to go to Tyler Butterfield rounding out the top five.
1: Really good race from him.
0: Yeah. He's still a
1: good runner isn't he? Still a yeah. very good runner. Yeah. I was. I loved how shamelessly pre-arranged Schomburg and Royal Swim was. Like They handed over the lap. Aaron must have drilled that first lap because you do not drop Ben Canute easy in the swim. And they got out. We got out the first lap of the swim and literally waved Schomburg through, who took the second lap without batting it away. That must have been prearranged, surely, Pat.
2: I I don't have inside. I don't have intel on, you know, any arrangement there. Uh, I'm assuming that, you know, Aaron's a uh, crafty racer. He would take any opportunity and and use it to his benefit for sure. So clearly... um, You know, Aaron Royal ultimately didn't have the, the day that, you know, we kind of all anticipated he would. Um, I still just go back thinking about Sam Long really kind of outdid my expectations on the bike. And then he did what it was capable on the run. But when you think about the deficit, um, Jason West was outridden by Sam by over five minutes on this track that's an entire circuit. That's a lap. He's a lap down on the bike when they get to the run. So there's a little bit of math we got to do to like take back on the swim, but I'm telling you, that's how much Sam outrode Jason West by. Um, And to think about the run performance that Jason had and and the, the places that he was able to claw back uh, you know, I, I thought that was really good. Clearly I'm sure he's working, you know, his bike position looks pretty good um i think clearly he's still going to keep working on that he's 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 always going to be um that's going to be a big lift for him to try and ever to catch that power but you know i thought it was a great performance
1: What so what bike's he on pat uh ventum oh right no i knew that sorry okay no yeah. <laughs> well, i think um, now his position is great doesn't it and yeah, his we position know that's looks 95% great 95 of the bike that's it of course yeah of course. yeah yeah. Yeah, i'm being a bike snob there there's That's... no uh,
2: there there were no hills mark this is a pancake flat course so this is, um, I think that, that bike's been <laughs> All i think that bike's typically heavier than it is air, you know like then the arrow yeah, yeah, optimized yeah, yeah. on yeah. it so no i think he's he's good
1: there um his run was good as well wasn't it it was, it was uh, a, by just far the best run
2: yeah look look sharp and uh you know just another funny little nuance thing um three rudy project athletes one two three uh for the men's race so i think you know, they are... That's because they're American. Well, You've got one, two, three Americans. But I mean, I mean, only, I know, only I'm Americans this. it. It was more a demonstration, I think, of where, of how far, um, you know, Oakley, I think, is quite, uh, is, is really hurting and it's apparent because they're just not as visible on the field of play anymore.
1: Yeah, yeah, fair. I do, I mean, I, I think Rudy Project has a much bigger following in the US than anywhere oh, else. of course. No, no, um, no, of course. But no, it was it was it was good. Who right? I I feel bad that I don't know his name. Who was the lad? I think he was South American that took the run the first lap run pre. Did you see him go for that? He was running like two fifty five k pace for the first lap. Yeah, yeah. And I think he must have taken it by
2: miles. It was brilliant. Yeah, we're gonna have to look that up. But I mean, it was again going back to the race coverage. You know, there was a portion where they went back to that to that gentleman, right? And he's in twentieth place, but they're giving him a spotlight. He's got his you know, a couple minutes of fame and the but race. They
1: recognized he was doing it during the race, which we don't see. And I know people listening might think we're overlaboring this, but we've watched a lot of crap commentary and triathlon and coverage. So for them no. to within a lap recognize, Oh, this random athlete is trying to do this. Let's cover it. No. I thought it was excellent. It's clear. David, that
0: David, Gute, David Gute. And, and up, the, look, yeah. the look on Sam's face, whenever he went blown by him because he was <laughs> yeah. a lapped athlete, Sam was like, Thanks, a couple man. of people
1: messaged me about that so fair play you know, that was brilliant it's, it's very
2: clear that the clash crew they had a fantastic uh you know head of production that was keeping an eye and understood triathlon and could make those decisions to search for opportunities around the race to broadcast so well put, um, yeah Where i guess what else do we have to cover on the race kyle what what were the other notable honorable mentions oh, we'll i i give
0: it? a shout out to Yuri Kulin, who was fourth place, uh, Netherlands athlete. His coach is um, from the Ukraine. His family's from the Ukraine. Things like that. And so wow. he just he just had a massive. Um, he had a almost a heart with the um, Ukraine flag on it on his helmet, and then also on his run bib and things like that. And he just really. Um, just kind of got got to the heartstrings of of the people on things that are going on outside of triathlon that's that's going on in the world right now. I'm sure now, he so. did, but
1: i I do hope he got a lot of love there and on site because well I'm sure he did.
0: That's that's great. Yeah. yeah. So he had the second fastest run of the day. Um, he was closing in on Ben Canute quite quickly, just ran out of real estate. Um, so yeah, I would I would definitely give a shout out to him as well. Uh, Should we move into the other races that happened over the weekend? Is there anything else you guys want to mention from Miami? Yeah.
2: I have one question for Mark, just on behalf of, you know, how athletes are going to maybe look at the, this race this past weekend and think about doing um, a clash race, a clash race in the future. And will they look at, you know, the production value and how they could demonstrate for themselves and their, and their sponsors or partners. Um, Do you think that, more athletes will do clash races because they see that the production value and, and the value that they place on athletes is just really, really high outside yeah. of, you know, outside of the tier one Ironman branded races and the, and the big, you know, PTO race. It's a really yeah. good
1: question because they should do, you know, cause athletes generate a lot of their income through sponsors. And actually that's just great exposure. And I think it also like a good race atmosphere. We saw it last year, like Collins cup and things like that, where athletes, Started to feel valued as an athlete at the race, it makes it a much more pleasant prospect of going to race. I think if they used the PTO did a slightly more balanced scoring system, i.e., where you they can make races, A races, A plus, whatever it might be. Those, those races with good production quality, attracting good fields, that would also help. But yeah, like Pat, great question. And yes, I do hope so and think so.
2: Yeah, just I saw these I saw these races as fantastic opportunities for up and coming athletes that maybe don't have, you know, the ability to get to these bigger races, but these seem like, you know, the production value just go back to was, was so amazing. And, and it uh, got me really excited to watch triathlon.
0: It'll be very intriguing to see in July. Cause they're going to do a race at Watkins Glen, a true road course. Um, how, how the production level changes, if it's better or worse, um, things like that. Cause I think the swim is actually uh, like, five to 10 miles away I'll from say, where yeah. Yeah, yeah, where the course is actually going to be at. So it's going to be very interesting to see um, how they kind of bring that together and uh, the production aspect and things like that. But that course will be a lot of fun, a lot of, uh, a lot of Hills and things like that. Um, so I think. So I, Chelsea I might... Burns is in the house. <laughs> Hi guys.
1: You're looking quite edgy Chelsea with your baby yeah. on. Yeah, I know.
2: Hair.
3: It's cold. It's I'm in Canada. <laughs> I went shower. I just took a shower.
2: So that's awesome. You Chelsea, doing? great to have you back.
3: I missed you guys.
2: Yeah,
3: well, I feel like I have missed a lot, but hopefully, I'll you know catch myself up.
2: Perfect. Well, what's, what's,
0: been going on, what's been going on in the short course field? Because we just finished up with Clash Miami.
3: Right. Well, it sounds like there's a lot of short course people there. Well, at least a few. Um, well, nothing major. But Kyle told me I didn't need to come on today because nothing happened in the short course world. And I was like, well, Kyle, there's your problem. You think nothing happened, but actually there were races that happened. And that's why I've tuned in here 30 minutes late. So nothing massive, I guess, but there were a few Conti Cups. So I would say the world triathlon season is starting. Um, Sarasota, which is one of the only U.S. world triathlon races, happened this morning. It was supposed to happen yesterday, but they were getting tornadoes and 25 degree wind chill weather so they postponed it a day and shortened it to a super sprint richard murray won in a sprint finish over kevin mcdowell kirsten casper won the females so it wasn't nobody's that were there wow um there was also a world triathlon conti cup indoor race in france yesterday it was kind of an interesting format i kind of looked briefly at how it worked but um vincent louis won another non-nobody um
1: yeah i saw that i saw that's where he announced his new bike didn't he there was photos of him dropping that what was the format why was it interesting
3: it was a prelim final but it was indoor so pool track track and um yeah i think the run was like a k quite fast and short
2: now were they doing were they you know they've done this before where they were um you know, riding on a velodrome and then running inside it. Can you speak to us? Was this, this looked like it was a, a banked running track and that they think, were riding on?
3: Yeah, I'm not positive. I didn't manage to get around to uploading or uh, like putting on the video, but World Triathlon did broadcast it. So it it was on Triathlon Live, um, but I think that was how it worked. So I mean, I like that concept a lot more than I like the Super League's arena Zwift setup. I just think it's a lot more fair than... As we yeah, did, because like we've said in the algorithm past.
1: algorithm race isn't... Yeah. if cool. the algorithm favours someone, doesn't it? But then I guess riding in small circles on a bank probably favours someone.
3: Yeah, but it's more relevant to... I mean, tri- right. triathlon favours someone, right?
1: True, always. That's the, that's the point of sport, isn't
3: it? I suppose so. So
1: Completely unsurprising that Vincent really won that, you would think. I mean, he's, a, he's he's still fast, isn't he? He might not be as young as he was, but he's still got a lot of fast twitch firing. Yeah,
3: yeah. It- It was in France too. So I imagine he had some incentive to show up. It's probably not a home field advantage priority races.
2: Chelsea, you've been around long enough in in the short course space. Uh, Do you think that there's a future in this format or what do you think the rationale was for them trying to put this on? And like, you know, we've seen, we've seen these arena style formats pop up before. Do you think that we're going to keep seeing races on venues that can, that can have a swimming pool in the middle? you know, with the banked running track turned into a, a traditional running track?
3: I mean, if you asked me if I thought the virtual games Zwift set up race would outlive COVID, I think I would have said no, but that seems to be pressing on with, um, I mean, they're actually using a world triathlon ranking system to enter these Zwift indoor racing. So I guess I don't even know what the future holds, but I would say, I think it's it's definitely the most spectator friendly type of triathlon i once did this um you guys may have remembered this back in 2013 and 14 uh someone in the u.s put on this super sprint vegas race in a parking lot type of setup which is so cool in a spectator like they put a pool in a parking lot and you're riding tiny loops and running tiny loops um so i mean if they're going for the spectator viewership angle i think
0: that of course this has a future so i think ben canute might have won that one year yeah, so did Chelsea Burns and Chelsea Burns. Gwen, wa- yeah, Gwen won.
2: Chelsea us, Burns
1: yeah. did. Yeah, there we go.
2: Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Kyle, why didn't you know that? Why are you
0: forgetting oh, yeah, I, I feel Honestly, like I, I feel like I remembered <sighs> that Chelsea had won, and I but I didn't want to say it, and Chelsea would be like,
3: "I won both times." Would <laughs> I have ever acted like that?
0: <laughs> it was
3: it was the biggest payday in my triathlon career, Kyle. So it, I definitely recall it pretty pretty well. Did you did then go into in the casinos? casino?
0: Yeah. There you go. yeah. <laughs>
3: no that's why i'm i'm still surviving off the money i won back in 2014 because i didn't go to the casino
0: Nice, that's awesome um the other big race i think that happened this weekend kind of a short course um nostalgia race was malulaba unfortunately it was all all australians
3: yeah i mean malulaba has been a world cup in the past and i think this was the malulaba continental cup so demoted a little bit in terms of prestige but would they Tills even let non-Australians in there anymore?
0: I don't think so. I mean, you look at the you look at the results and it's all Australian people. So it's almost like Australia like, nah, we actually don't want you guys to come and race it here anymore. We're all right.
1: I, I just think it's hard. I just think it's tricky to get in, isn't yeah. it? I know they've lifted some and you can visit, but it's it's still just jumping through so many holes. And I can't imagine the payout for a Conti is that high versus the flight cost to get there no so until it's until you can walk in with your passport i don't see people going for that sort of thing
2: yeah and you know i mean typically the season uh, for for many many years right always started in Oceania, whether it was some form of australia and new zealand and and you know those right those countries have clearly had very strict uh travel protocol the last two years so i think they're I'm, I'm assuming they're going to slowly start unwinding those, but let's see if in, you know, come this time in 2023, if that Oceania um, schedule has resumed.
3: Uh, since we're talking about New Zealand, I'm always interested in, you know, looking at what countries have massive changes in COVID cases. And as we know, COVID didn't exist in New Zealand until 2022, but in the last two weeks, their numbers went up 808%. so they're suffering everything we suffered two years
0: ago we'll see in other news they stopped testing for covid in oklahoma so
1: yeah we stopped testing just just giving up on it
3: yeah
0: isn't it over
1: yeah i think so i think when russia (laughs) invaded ukraine covid went away that's what i sort of thought happened
0: yeah but the flu's back so my nieces and my whole family essentially has a flu right now which they haven't had in three years so
1: yeah, The flu ripped through Paris Nice as well, didn't it? I think the, one of the cycling races going on at the moment they had 22 dropouts in one day of a stage because the flu's cracked in there, and obviously people haven't had flu for two years, so it's just destroying people. What other racing have we got, then, guys? And going, uh,
0: on. coming up this weekend, any short courses races coming up this weekend, Chelsea? Um, that you're aware of?
3: I don't think so. I know there's um a pretty big Conti Cup coming up, but I think it's it like, kind of looks like a World Cup, but it's a Conti Cup, but I think that's the weekend after. There is a huge race coming up this weekend, though. Um, I am doing it. Do you want to hear?
0: Yep. Yeah,
3: about so, it? A, tell us 50-kilometer trail race. Ooh. In Bellingham, Washington.
1: Are you race favorite,
3: Chelsea? Uh, no. I've never run more than 35, so we'll see if I finish. No, I'm going. I'm, it'll be good now.
0: Are you racing as a pro? Do they have a pro race?
3: No you're still being human.
0: tested you're still being tested so i
3: was trying ah, to make sure right. yeah i'll probably have a bunch of drug tests afterwards
2: you, you know chelsea just for our, our worldwide audience here i think it's important to understand that bellingham washington in the pacific northwest um, you could be running in rain the entire 50 kilometers next weekend are you give us are you putting like spare socks in a ziploc bag are you going to try and fight that at all or are you going to just embrace it if it rains the entire day
3: yeah so if any listeners have any advice i would really appreciate if you tell us what i should wear what i should eat um yeah anything it might be raining this race it's 50k and it also is 1500 meters of climbing over that also known as five thousand feet
2: fascinating chelsea fascinating everywhere is that all where can you give it? Is it like all around Galbraith mountain or where it you? goes
3: up chucking that mountain? So it's 10 K on the rail trail and then the 30 K loop up and down the mountain and then 10 K back on the rail trail.
2: Mark, I don't think you understand how hard this race is going to be. Chelsea, um, I wish you all the best. And I, I don't know what I can give you as far as kind of like good vibes to get complete that that thing.
3: Okay, well, I appreciate it. I only wish, Pat, that you guys selected Bellingham as your home. I know it was in the running, because then you could come and watch.
2: Watch. That's right. That's right. Unbelievable. All anytime, right, we got to talk.
0: Anytime Sorry, I ever on. hear about one more thing. only Anytime okay. I ever hear about ultra marathon running, I, it makes me think of Dean Carnanzi and the time that he ordered a pizza on his run and then rolled it up and ate it like a burrito. You guys heard mm-hmm. that story?
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, I feel mm-hmm. like we just heard it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I normally eat my pizzas, so. Like oh, back, to back to triathlon, back to so triathlon. Last weekend,
1: last weekend, there was one more race. There was Challenge Shepperton, which again is a down-under race. Um, but it was won by Tim Van Berkel, Fraser Walsh, and Max Newman in third. So again, a decent men's field tipped up. The in- most interesting thing for the race was Lottie Wilms was winning f- by quite a way for quite a long time. And she got caught by Amelia Watkinson with about 200 metres to go on the run, which is pretty brutal over a 70.3. And uh, Grace Thick rounded out the podium. I thought, well, looking at it, Lottie Wilms could probably have won that race with maybe a bike fit, but I, that's just from brief TV coverage. She looked like she's still getting into this sport a little bit. She was so close. But that was, that's just challenge Shepparton, just
0: to round it off. Thank you for making sure that we hit our Australian audience.
1: All, all two of them, I imagine. <laughs> we've driven them out fairly succinctly over the last year Lanzarotti is coming up next weekend and I have a vested interest because it's Kat's first race of the year but it has some interesting stuff in it because Miss Jess Learmoth is racing her first 70.3 in Lanzarotti 70.3 and um, she's also got Anne Haug to contend with um, Marjolaine Pierre and um, Lucy Charles is on the start list but I, I don't think she's racing. I'm, I'm speculating that she's injured, um, which not seen her, not seen her running in a long time, not posting on Strava, not posting on social media that she's out racing. So that's, that's just a wild stab in the dark that I think she might be injured. So Jess has got a work cut out for her because Anne Haug is not a mess around athlete. And actually, Lucy Buckingham, let's not forget, formerly Lucy Hall, um, she's racing too. So Jess, Lucy will swim with Jess, you would imagine. They used to swim together all the time um so they can go on a bike but Jess is riding a road bike which is interesting it's a hilly course but it's sort of four percent hills it's not 10 percent climbing so we'll see if that affects it but Chelsea what did you say when you found out Jess was racing in 70.3 what was the quote
3: I said she will beat anyone that currently is alive except for Flora
1: (laughs) okay that's pretty pretty sweeping and you were pretty confident about this as well
3: Well, no, I mean, I don't know. I think it's obviously her first one. She's on a road bike, but I'm excited to see how she does in this race. I think she could have a very impressive long course career. We see her hammering the bikes in those world triathlon races. And I think that she has power that a lot of people don't get to appreciate by watching her tow people around in circles. And so letting her ride by herself, especially, with her swim is going to be very fun to watch, and I know she's running quite well right now too. So,
1: yeah, I got told she's running quite well. I mean, she's going to have three and a half minutes on Cat and Anne if they're lucky.
3: Oh yeah, and I don't even think Lucy Hall Buckingham can swim with her anymore. So,
1: let's see. I'm intrigued to see that. What um, well done.
0: so Mark, many, so Lucy, many, Lucy Mark- and Reese are no longer on the start list according to what okay. I just read. So. Um. Yeah, they're, there's they're there's definitely
2: some heavy speculation. Okay. Um. Maybe maybe we save that for another show. Uh, yeah. Mark, I'm curious, how many meters of climbing are on the
1: on the course in Lanzarote? I think it's 1600. Smart that. Okay, so it's getting. But it's it's guess. laps. The bit that I'm I'm optimistic for the likes of Cat, who is aero and riding a road time trial bike, is the downhills are straight. They're long straight four percent downhills where aerodynamics is going to make a massive massive difference so if she's got any weakness which I'm, i'm with chelsea i think she's the shooting favorite um uh, it's that you know you you can lose 5k an hour easy, easy going down a hill on a time trial bike versus a road bike like that, but then again, she'll climb she'll climb better on it, you would think. But the fact that it's not a steep hill maybe compensates that. I just think it's a really interesting race. And then, of course, if Ann let lets loose a bloody 113, which is probably capable of, then all bets are off. But, um, it's, it's yes, yeah, it's, it's a good race, it, it could be interesting, but I think it's just off to I lose, think, yeah,
3: and I think, uh I heard from her a few days ago and she said that I don't think the road bike decision is like, Oh, I want to ride a road bike. I think she did put some effort into acquiring a TT bike, but it wasn't going to happen in time. So rather than pull out of the race, she was like, Hey, why not do it on a road bike? So I don't yeah. think she's a, yeah, that's the reasoning.
2: Mark, what do you presume the deficit will be, you know, to, to, from Jess Learmonth to, you know, Kat Matthews into to Anne hog.
1: What? Well, By the end of the race. No, honestly, it could be as much as four minutes. And Kat's swimming really well. Like she's, swimming's improved. I do hope she doesn't listen to this before this race, but hey. (laughs) Um, No, I I think three minutes would be great. You know, I think it's going to be in and around that. I think Kat will hope to drop Anne in the swim now. Um, But, uh, we've just got to see what the bike does. Head-to-head run. I'd love to see Jess versus Kat running. That would be fun. Um, I'd rather, I'd rather if it comes to the run and how it's not featuring because, if she's there at the start of the run, then, then that's that's a different different race altogether. Yeah. But, or um, Marjolaine the, Pierre. Or Marjolaine Pierre, who is an exceptional runner as well. So yeah. there's a lot of good athletes here. And Lucy Hall, like Buckingham, she rides really well. She swims really well, and she's getting better and better on the run. There is a men's field, by the way. Um <laughs> Pierre Kors racing again. So we've seen him transition, it seems, to um, long distance now. So he's got to be one of the race favourites. One of my favourites is Carl Smith out of New Zealand. He is the Canyon. He's Jan's new training partner living in Girona. Really nice lad. Florian Anger, who is, as we know, very, very capable over this distance. And cannot Mignon's also racing. Um, and there's a much bigger list than that as well. Um, so if yeah, you have a look at the start list, that'll be good. But it's not broadcast, so... I don't know. I'll watch it. Yeah. But, and I'll Sebastian no Keenley
0: was on the list and then we found out yesterday uh, he w- got an illness and has now pulled his name out of the list. So,
1: Yeah, I, I I can't see him featuring over 70.3 anymore. The likes of Carl Smith and that swim too well, bike too well. Mm, even if he was on it, I'm not convinced.
0: Yeah, definitely.
2: Well, amazing Next women's
1: race on tap?
0: You want to do picks, or should we uh, hold that? Hold our cards until we get some more. Why don't you but let's, bang our, let's
1: bang our picks up on the stories like we did last? Yeah. week perfect. All right. Cat Will I them. be
3: included this time? Yeah. You
1: didn't want to be included. You didn't, last no, time. I didn't pretend pretend say we that. Pushed you out.
3: I didn't say that. Okay, you're right. I've been Chelsea. I've been very absent.
1: I can't believe Chelsea's tried to make out we did something wrong there, <laughs>
0: dude.
3: Sorry, oh, wait, I'm this sorry. Time,
0: Chelsea. She's like, Kyle, I'm busy.
3: No, I literally... You say that before I say that.
0: To be fair, she's more present than Talbot is. Where's he? Yeah. Talbot's Hawaiian. on a uh, marriage
1: retreat in Hawaii. Dead to us. I on from the marriage retreat.
3: <laughs> I'm also on vacation right now, but I'm here.
1: What's he's a marriage also, retreat? He's is also that a vacation sick. from your marriage? <laughs> because they've not been married long enough for a marriage retreat. <laughs> That's what me and Kat are doing right now. That's different. It's not... Uh. So what have we got? Uh, there's also a challenge. Puerto Veras Calder. Is this only interesting because Sam Long's racing? Correct.
0: Uh, Sam Long, Matt Hansen's kind of come back to the sport after being injured last year. Um,
1: well, Sam Long Ballast, wins.
0: Yeah. I mean, Ballast Jokes racing, Ronaldo Colucci's racing. Um, Chelsea, you always said something there.
3: Well, I forgot we didn't talk about another race. I, I Guys, I went to a triathlon last weekend in the flesh
1: you went to a triathlon
3: i went to claremont yes
1: oh of course yes how so i claremont?
3: witnessed ncaa races junior races edr races and elite races it's like a one-stop shop
0: you were our hookup for mary kane so how is she oh, is yeah. she
3: She's, she has a promise um, in the
0: sport or she has
3: completed her first race. You know, it. Uh, there's a lot of rust to work out when you've never done a transition before, but right. I think that she's got some good support behind her. And I think she's pretty excited for this new challenge. I mean, I have a lot of respect for anyone in her position who has all this eyes on her and all these articles. Like she, all she wants to do is, you know, try something new and she gets, eight newspaper articles about mary kane's doing triathlon and probably a hundred thousand people are on let's run saying oh this kid's gonna fail so that's got to be hard but she yeah she i mean she didn't win the race that's for sure but um we'll see how she goes she's does she have her elite
0: license already or no she's no so that's what she was
3: going for she raced edr Uh, and to earn your elite license in the u.s you have to be top three and oh they have a new name why are you raising your hand
0: Oh, no, I thought it was top five. It's top three.
3: Top three, but sometimes they roll down if someone is in the top three already has one. There's a bunch of rules. Um, mm-hmm. So she still has to race to qualify for a pro card. Before yeah, let's just give her answer. a chance. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: No, no, no. She'll,
0: She'll uh, figure it out. Nothing,
1: nothing but support for her. And before we forget, to Chelsea uh, Challenge Puerto does have a women's field. Um, probably the well, the race favourites look like Laura Sodell, Hayley Chura, maybe Frankie Sanjana. I don't, I haven't looked into it fully because it isn't a very big race, but there is a women's field racing, and Laura Sodell is one of those featuring.
2: So it's tough to imagine that Sam long doesn't just win this race very easily. What's the rationale or is it simply just a paid appearance to go down there? Like what, why is he trying to cram this race in?
0: You know, I was texting with Sam, um, after his race at clash Miami cause he didn't let me forget that I didn't pick him for the podium. Um, and I was just asking him like, what, what's, what's going on here? Like why, why have you decided to do this race? And I think he's really just trying to test himself. Um, it's going to be a wetsuit swim ballast choke kind of had a massive lead on him, um, at Ironman quarter lane. And then, um, he also toyed with the idea of figuring out, like, if he wants to try and soft pedal the bike and then try and run with Matt Hansen, like try different tactics on things to do, because, um, this year is kind of like a long year. So I don't think he wants to overcook himself racing in back to back weekends, but it's also a 70.3 that he's, um, I mean, he's definitely I mean, he's doing three
1: in a row now, isn't he? Cause he's down for Ocean side as well. So.
0: Yeah. So he'll have a, what is that, two weeks off, a week off? It's weird we shake ready. our head at this,
1: isn't yeah. it, Pat? Because in cycling, they, they ride themselves fitness. You know, you, you enter races and use it as training, but it's just the load on the run, isn't it? That's the difference, we think.
2: Yeah. It's just, it's the, it's the run that just absolutely crushes you. And I remember once talking to Javier Gomez about this, where he was, there was a, there was an ITU block where we were traveling around and I, and I saw him. I'm like, man, we got a lot, you got a lot of races coming up. And he's like, he just looked at me and goes, paw. He's like, this isn't like cycling where you get faster the more races you do. He goes, you just keep getting beat down. So he's like, it's it's, um, it, you know, it takes a toll on you. There's no there's no way around it.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. I mean, yeah, that's just it's the long distance game, isn't it? It's definitely changed. Like more and more people racing more and more, and that's great for us. But there there is a balance still to be had, isn't there? And you you still need to peak and focus on races and. But it, there's no one method, is there? So, like, like Sam does what 40 hours training a week, 45 hours training a week. You would have to think that the load of a race is less for Sam than it is for someone who is training 20 hours a week and the, the run volume is half of Sam's. Now, right. Sam probably runs 21k a week multiple times in a week. Like, if you to get that amount of yeah. volume in, he must be doing at least two right. runs a week, though they're that long. So, yeah, it's probably more manageable for someone like Sam. Maybe, nope. maybe, maybe so we're
0: for a, uh, we might be in for a what does Sam eat in a day YouTube video because is that a podcast? Episode no, I'm gonna
2: try no. and, what I should try and do. You won't be there team. for
1: that one, Charles.
2: Oh,
0: Mark actually, and interesting.
2: Mark and Kyle and I try to keep up with Sam eating for a day, so we got to
0: eat whatever he's eating. Oh, he's... I could do that easy. Yeah, <laughs> the amount of food I eat—that's easy. I feel um, like if you do
3: that, you probably need to do the exercise too. Just one day of Sam. You <laughs> yeah.
0: Really I'm, I'm working on getting fit i'm working on getting fit the biggest thing i think for this season is with the amount of there's probably eight to ten races that you could circle on the calendar and say this is an important race this is what i want to be fit for and the hardest thing is saying okay this is a race i want to be my a race b race c race because you can't have all 10 of those races be your a race
1: great Agreed. Oh wait, no
3: are we but doing that down tanks? everyone
1: Oh, are
0: we bringing hot takes back?
1: Well, I've got one for you. All
0: right. Are
1: you guys starting to feel the, the pressure of seeing Alistair Brownlee's social media heat up? No. Have you guys seen his training? Have you seen how fit and healthy and happy and fast he looks? Because, I mean, it wasn't long ago that you guys thought Lionel would beat him at Oceanside. And I'm, I'm just wondering if you're ready to retract that yet or whether you're just stubbornly digging your heels in. I
2: think, you know, it's funny you say that, Mark, Is I think, uh, you know, you look at a video, too, like what Lionel just ripped out, and I see, obviously, a really positive glow from him. I think we are going to see a race for the ages at Oceanside, and 100%. and I think we're going to see a couple athletes show up that are absolutely uh, mentally and physically uh, fresh and and ready to uh, leave it all out there. So I, I think... I think we're going to see a fantastic race in Oceanside. I think we're going to see where uh, Alistair Brownlee sits after after you know a few quiet years, and I and I think he's going to give us really an insight into like, you know, Alistair probably's got these PTO races circled. He's probably got all the big races circled, and when he circles a race and just puts his mind to it, um, it's not it's not a thing of beauty. But I think we're going to, for the other athletes. But I think we're going to see some fantastic performances this year.
1: Agreed, because. It's nice to see him positive because he makes Lionel seem like a a calm, quiet, cheerful person. Or not, not quiet. He seems, makes Lionel seem like light-hearted and cheerful, and yeah. to see Alistair like really positive is kind of fills me with British hope that we're going to have some men dominating the long distance again. hopefully.
2: Yeah, and I think if we just you know look into the people that Alistair Brownlee's got to compete against since he really started on the elite scene in two thousand and nine. Um, He's probably looking at the likes of Christian Blumenfeld and Gustav Eden and Lionel Sanders and going, Look, this is a new this is a new group of guys that I haven't got to ever race at my best. And I'd like to do it. And those I think those I believe are the kinds of challenges that um, you know make Alster excited when he's training. He's desperate for Yam to
0: race fish side. Desper- I think <laughs> I think the, the greatest treat I, is the fact that now these are gonna be streamed by outside. Outside has a large, some large shoes to fill. Um, if they're going to be anything like Clash or, uh, well, Clash, I was going to say Challenge, but essentially to be like Clash's um, streams, they kind of have a large shoe to fill. But luckily, we're all going to be able to tune in for for this great Battle of Motion side. Um, and I'm so excited for that.
1: And if I've said anything wrong about to, Alistair, here... Speaking
0: back about um, the Alistair thing. Kyle actually called me from uh, his bed and wanted me to remind everyone that Lionel's At been doing lap, lap, lactate training. So that's
2: what <laughs> I, t- I, I said. to do. Out it. Of the I to do it it to get a
0: rile out of work, so. oh, <laughs> Mark. <my> God's sake, <laughs> Kyle, that was it? really quick,
1: man. That was good. I've not heard of it. What's this lactate stuff you speak about? Oh, um, no. I was I
0: was texting with Paul and Eric as well. They're they're actually doing lactate testing as well. That's no joke. So um, this I has think- been
1: around since like two thousand. Before that, what? Oh.
0: Why is this now suddenly like new I think, science? I think this year, you remember the year that everyone was like, "I'm buying a power meter. I'm I'm riding with power." This is essentially what it is. Is now everyone's like, "I'm going all in on lactate t- testing."
1: Cats trying this cutting edge training called fartlek running. I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but it's uh, pretty newfangled, and uh, it's generating some pretty big results.
0: <laughs> oh man!
1: <laughs> Is it? We done. We done.
0: Yeah. We've yeah. yeah. All jokes here. aside, we are very excited for uh, this season and everything in between. So be sure to tune into the racing happening this weekend um, as we count down to seventy point three Oceanside and Ironman St. George. Um, we'll actually all be on site at St. George doing a live show. Um, so we're all excited for that. Also, next week we'll we will have Sam Renouf on. Um, after enjoying his Brazilian vacation, uh, he'll be coming on. We we won't be pulling any punches. So if there's we something you want to hear,
1: we will be organized for that. One. This
0: this this has been written in our Google Doc for weeks now. So hopefully yep. uh, we should be well prepared. So if there's something that you want to hear from Sam Renouf, slide into our DMs shoot me or anyone on this podcast a text message and say, Hey, this is what I want to hear from Sam. Um, and we're looking forward to that. So thanks everyone for tuning in and, uh, thanks for celebrating one year of recording with us. See ya.
3: Oh my gosh.